0: This meeting is being recorded. Cool. So yeah, hey, um, um, so yeah, hello, welcome to the empty salon. Um, you're you're the first um person, poet, writer, artist, creature from um the current um anthology that I'm putting together, which is really like the first anthology I've ever kind of curated. That I'm. So you're the first artist feature thing person that I'm speaking to so um you're um a test subject sort of
1: Yay, so, yeah love it. hello
0: so yeah hello um sorry Rebecca welcome Rebecca this is me Jared speaking gosh I'm horrible at podcasting but yeah it's fine so hello it's
1: great I love it it's, we could just be specters nameless specters yeah too. yeah
0: I mean they'll, they'll 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 catch on eventually who we are yeah um so Rebecca where exactly are we meeting you from I see a kitchen behind you this is I am in the kitchen um (laughs) the kitchen is
1: is in Vermont I'm in Vermont at Cambridge Vermont specifically which is sort of the the deep nowhere um by most standards um Mm -hmm. but is a lovely little place um and is home to me right now um and yeah, I'm uh, I'm sort of in a in the it's like kitchen living room. In, in the I'm in, the in between the liminal space between oh, kitchen Lord. and living room. That was
0: fitting, yes. Um, in the space. I see a sign with that says hurrah.
1: Yeah, um, um, the- that's encouraging yes yeah it's the the bread and puppet um manifesto if you know oh
0: yes i love bread and puppet Mm yeah
1: yeah so that's their little that's their manifesto up on the wall but yeah truly all you can see on on your like across the room is just hurrah
0: yes (laughs) that's great that sums it up i think i Um, think so
1: too yeah (laughs) yeah
0: lovely yeah so yeah you're in a kitchen i'm in a bedroom my bedroom is in Anaheim, which is, I guess, I don't know. You wouldn't. I'm in a kind of weird. I'm also in a liminal space yeah. in Anaheim in Orange County because I'm I'm actually between like three cities. I'm in one of those weird places that is most of America, where like it's just sort of like roads and industrial zones and residential areas, and somehow it's like twelve cities are just the same thing. That's where I am. But um, Anaheim, also known as the city of Disneyland. So I guess people wouldn't consider that the deep nothing. I think that's very much a place. We were sort of chatting about this in in our little emails when we were arranging this. Yeah. Um, I was sort of telling you like, you know, my interest in like place and getting to know like where you are and what are you doing there? Um, you brought up this idea of like, real places, um, capital R, capital P, um, which is definitely something I've heard before the idea of like real places and and nowhere places. So I want to I want to like interrogate you <laughs> about about that question. What do you mean by that? What is it like being not in a being in a real place lowercase but not a real place proper case.
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. I think um well first of all I'll say I think the good people of Cambridge would be very offended by me saying that I'm not in a
0: capital R. Oh arc. of course. <laughs> I, I won't I won't tell them. It's okay.
1: I won't either. I'm, Your it's
0: secret just- is safe with me. If you're listening from Cambridge.
1: Stop listening now. Stop
0: listening now. You should have stopped listening at least like 15 seconds ago.
1: I So I'm from um, not here, but near here. Um, mm-hmm. Another not very real place. I think of <laughs> most of the state of Vermont as not quite a real place.
0: Um, it's,
1: it's sort of um, most people have never been to it or many people have never been to it and then also I think it sort of doesn't register on the radar of um like basically I I measure real place versus not real place by when someone asks you like where are you from or where do you live if they sort of stare blankly at you and blink a few times and and their response like that's not a real place right (laughs)
0: like "Hmm." versus
1: like Yeah, when they're sort of like, oh, God, um, I don't remember from sixth grade geography where that is. Um,
0: That doesn't sound like a state capital. So I don't know.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, so I think that's my technical definition. I appreciated in our email exchange that you sort of challenged the idea of the real versus not real place, namely because I think there are. It's just a different atmosphere, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a the lowercase real place is, I think, quieter and more unassuming, perhaps, but still has its own sort of atmosphere. Like I would say, you know, the atmosphere of Cambridge is sort of sleepy and green, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, there are a lot of cows. I live across the street from a dairy farm, so that's cool. Many cows. (laughs) Yeah, they, like, if I have my windows open in the summer, I hear them all night. They, like, move all night, which is, as one does, you know. Um, As a cow, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, so, yeah, that's, I don't know if I, I think part of my feeling of Vermont is not a real place. It comes, like, from a deeper sort of, like, um, I guess, like, childhood feeling of, like, feeling like I grew up, in the proper nowhere
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and feeling like uh there were no people around me like I think it's sort of defined in my head as sort of like populated and mm. bustling and busy and interesting in a particular kind of way like um interesting as in culturally interesting or interesting as in like um artistically interesting maybe I think that's sort right. of my like, frame and then I think of Vermont often as sort of, like, uh, botanically interesting, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe sleepy,
0: not. Sleepy maybe and green. Not.
1: It's very green, and it's, well, at least right now, it's it's becoming green, so that's very nice. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it comes, I think it's my lens, you know? Um, right. Very much so, like, it's my sort of lens of feeling, like, You know, like feeling like I grew up in a cornfield and other people grew up in a place with things. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where things are happening versus where sort of there's like a sense of sameness, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that sameness is really important. Like it feels like um, there's a kind of stagnancy that I think can be really stifling and can be very comforting or mm. sort of and sometimes feels very refreshing because there are parts of Vermont that look the same as they have for like decades or right. longer and so there's something about it that then like it becomes new again almost in a way because right. it um, it's like untouched
0: um untouched by whatever crazy things are happening on the internet or in the exactly. that we're building yeah exactly interesting
1: yeah yeah would you so you would say see it's interesting Because you're saying Anaheim, land of Disneyland. Like, that doesn't really feel like a real place to me either for different reasons.
0: Exactly. No, I know. No, exactly. Because I think, I don't know, some internet joke about Disneyland exists just to make Anaheim look more real, Um, Mm -hmm. which is really funny because, I mean, Disneyland, you know, is like all these like fake little buildings of like, like they they paint the buildings this like green color to make it like disappear in our mind and it's all like forced perspective but mm-hmm. then like everything around it like at least immediately around Disneyland is like just hotels and shops and like uh, bubble tea stores which you know I'm fine with that that's cool yeah. those uh-huh. those are real those are the only real places actually everything else is not a real place except for bubble tea shops mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no I, I love don't. that but the definite <laughs> is only bubble tea only
0: bubble tea yeah I mean I'm not I'm not like a an Anaheim native I'm actually from further down the coast um San Diego County which Mm -hmm. I feel which feels like a real place to me because I think of the geography um um, I think of like Balboa Park and I think of the the cliff sides and the oceans but Anaheim yeah I think of Disneyland or I think of like really just like roads and like Mm -hmm. industrial business parks and like gas stations and I mean there's also colleges here and stuff like that so I think of those places those are kind of also sort of real places I guess but because like that's just is where people are and where things are happening but yeah I I don't know it just really made me think of like cuz I felt a sort of similar thing that you felt growing up of like I grew up at a cornfield I mean I didn't I grew up like in an apartment complex with just an empty lot behind it. And then like other apartment complexes and roads and definitely things are going on. But there is just a a distinct feeling of like, but I'm not where like there is like interest or I'm not where like, I don't know. It's an interesting idea of like, it's not necessarily the place, but it's sort of our relationship to different places that define maybe how we view it. And yeah, I don't know.
1: It feels like a comparison game, I think, you
0: know? Yeah. Like a,
1: yeah, yeah. Do you think everyone feels like they grew up in a cornfield? Maybe everyone just feels that Maybe. way.
0: Although I don't know, like if you grew up in Brooklyn, certainly, I mean, you certainly wouldn't think you grew up, I I don't know though, because I guess then to you, Brooklyn would just be like a cornfield.
1: I mean maybe I don't maybe, know
0: you know maybe like are I was, there cornfields in Brooklyn
1: are, I mean I was just in Brooklyn I saw not any corn not no any corn. corn okay Brooklyn. but you know did I do a comprehensive look no no so what am <laughs> I you never know I
0: so we're gonna look out for that yeah it's interesting it's uh, definitely a com- a comparison thing and mm. I feel like I mean, I want to say no, because I think people that live in like, places where things are happening, know where they're living. But I also feel like maybe you don't, because if you grow up around it, and you're there all like, you're in it, immersed in it 24 seven. What if it just starts to look like, I mean, not like a cornfield, but you know, like the same sort of like, not mundane, but no mundane, I guess is the right word, yeah. but the same, yeah. there's a sameness to it, even if you're living in like a bustling city, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they would think they live in a, in a not, in a nowhere. I think they definitely think it's a real place. Mm. Those, yeah. I mean, they lookers. at least,
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't get the blank stare, right? If they're like, Oh yeah, right.
0: I'm,
1: I'm from Brooklyn I'm, or I'm from New York city. People mm-hmm. are like, ah, yes,
0: yeah. There's, like a, there's a recognition. So maybe that's it too. It's a sort of like, um, what's the phrase there's like some like triangular thing happening where like Mm. if like there's like a a cultural weight to a place that is like echoed back to you by other people then the place in your mind sort of solidifies or crystallizes the psychological Mm -hmm. like copy of the place in your mind I don't know
1: I love that no I think that's (laughs) it I think that's it I think you got it oh
0: my gosh we nailed (laughs) it Okay, <laughs> places are over. Yeah. No more places. No, I, now we're going to continue talking about places though because um, <laughs> it's it's an important like aspect, I think. It's a very basic aspect of um, both of our practices. When I say both of our, I mean, I think, I mean, okay. I didn't ask you this question about what you do, but I'm pretty sure we both do poetry and theater, do so we? Um, and place is kind of a cliche in both. In theater, it is literally one of those like unities of tragedy, like there's a place that we're in, there's a setting. Every play that I've read, I mean, most plays, most like standard plays begin with a description of the setting and of the place. And a lot of poetry also deals with like where the speaker is or where the speaker is not. And so, yeah, I don't know, place is just something that I'm, and as as a, um, a radio playhouse, where you know we don't have a place. There is no setting. There is no physical space that one goes into. The question of place is kind of like expanded, and like it's like wooey gooey. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the psychological thing that that we just talked about. The yeah the echoes of the place. Um, without the place.
1: Yeah, you have to sort of like speak. The place into being I think yeah interesting Mm -hmm. and just exciting too because I think then the place like in the same way like you're just saying like you have this sort of crystallized like fictional idea of the place that you're from or live Mm or whatever um I feel like Empty Room does a similar kind of like like there's sort of this magical imagined Mm -hmm. place in the brain that you have to create in order to sort of it's like stage, you have to stage it yourself.
0: Right, in your, in your mind. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I mean, the emptiness of empty room is not necessarily like, there's nothing here. It's a sort of just, it's like, I don't know, it's a signifier of potentiality, mm. um, which is, I mean, like a script that is unperformed is kind of this, the same thing. Mm. Or like something that nobody reads, like a poem you find scattered into the leaves is Mm -hmm. like a potential thing there's a potential relationship I don't know I don't know where I went with that but
1: (laughs) yeah no I like it I think it's like an interesting way to think about making and performing Mm -hmm. it like I think maybe it's more thinking about performing like how you bring something into being Mm
0: -hmm.
1: by speaking it or by
0: speaking it or listening to it or reading
1: yeah Hmm. yeah yeah and that there's sort of like I think I always thought of empty room as sort of um both like that potentiality but then also like there's an expansiveness I feel like to mm-hmm. the idea of like empty room as in like infinitely empty like there's infinite sort of potential space yeah like mm-hmm. that. yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> saying, yeah keep saying yeah 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 so that's where we are we've sort of touched on this, but yeah, I kind of want to hear more about, about your work. So the the two pieces that we've featured in this issue of yours are Stage Directions for a Stick in the Wind, which is a a lovely title, by the way, and then The Word. So, but really my main interest is in your other work and your other, you know, writings and things, more so just like your artistic practice and kind of where your interest is these days in writing and theater. You had told me a little bit about a collection that these two poems are from, Lake Echo, which is on performance and, and trauma and sort of like family relationships. And that definitely is apparent in the, in the poems. But yeah, I wanna, I wanna pick your brain. Like, let me, tell me like what, what is your current, I guess, thesis in your artistic practice?
1: this is a moment where I'm like, I really should have thought of this more before we sat down. Um, I, I however, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna wing it. Um, we're gonna wing so. it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, um, so both of the, the poems that were um, featured, which thank you for um, giving them space in, in an empty room. I'm, mm-hmm. and there's, very, there's infinite
0: space as you just told me. So of course, I'm really glad that they're here
1: yeah, I the those are both from um, a collection that um, is called Lake Echo. It is technically sort of finished um, and living in the liminal space of trying to find a home. Though uh, it's been I wrote it about two years ago, and I sort of have returned to it recently. And I'm trying to figure out if it is in fact finished. So that's been an interesting project. So my artistic practice right now looks a lot more like reading than it does like writing which I think is okay I feel like I go through phases of sort of like producing work and then sitting with the work um and I can't do both at once I think it's just like I'm just incapable of uh operating in both modes um so I'm sort of in a reading phase right now I think but yeah I think I'm definitely interested in sort of rural spaces I'm interested in performance um and its intersections uh with words I think and and Mm -hmm. space so it's funny because I um I did some theater when I was younger I was but I was in costumes I was not a um not a performer and then sort of like stepped away from it in um, college and then came back in graduate school and started like exploring writing place, which I think is probably where my head would have been when I was younger too. Like, I think that was my home um, Mm -hmm. or so. You're like, oh, I
0: should have started there.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, where, where, what was I thinking? Like, what was Mm -hmm. I doing? (laughs) But I do think um, one of the things that I did uh, in in early quarantine, um, early COVID times, like in 2020, was putting together a project called Living Room Theater, which was yes, sort of yes. Yeah, it's um hard to describe, maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> like kind of a a virtual space. It's primarily writing prompts and readings about sort of imagined performance. Um So, like, sort of, I was inspired a lot by kind of the idea of, like, the impossible theater, like, you know, plays that could never be performed, but I think what it turned into, really, for me, was a lot of just, like, uh, embodied making of things, so sort of, like, having a prompt that forced you to physically move in the world, I think, because Mm -hmm. I was, I felt so, like, stuck, as we all did, you know, Um, and so... Yeah, there is a lot of sort of like exploring the making and performing of art in a very, you know, uh, domestic space, you know, to say like, okay, well, I'm going to perform this piece, this poem that I've just constructed in, you know, staged in kitchen, right? Or like staged in bedroom, Um, (laughs) which I think is fun. You know, I think, um, I think it's, it's fun to think about like, how we can bring that performance into our sort of domestic lives. And yeah, I think that's been something that I've been thinking about too, as I sort of work on editing this collection and also just, yeah, I think expanding my idea of what performance is because I do, in the collection, I think of performance in terms of like performing drama or performing memory I think mm-hmm. is a lot of the content that's sort of that's like how I was thinking of performance then is sort of like the ways that we all consciously and subconsciously perform patterns you know and sort of like have these repeat performances of like behavior mm-hmm. um the way you're like oh god I sound like my mother you know like that um, so, totally. <laughs> um yeah so I think I that was sort of my idea of performance before it felt very like puppet master you know like it didn't feel freeing it felt Mm. um and I think now I'm thinking of performance at least in my artistic practice more as like freeing like how can I move my body in a way or use my voice in a way that is freeing for me or generative
0: yeah. I don't know if that answered any question. I think it did because I <laughs> loved hearing it. So okay. yeah, no, I love that idea of what you said embodied making and kind of, you know, in, in light of, you know, being sort of isolated and having to witness like ambient dread, the idea of like, okay, how do I, how do I nourish myself? And I love that you, I love that you were a costume designer and didn't and didn't like didn't perform that the the idea of like being afraid of performance is like something, something because I think when we think of performance, at least when we're when we're younger theater artists, we often have a a really big idea in our mind of the audience mm. and that we're performing for other people. We're performing for our cast members as well. Um, and there's I think something that we have to kind of get over this kind of weird transaction maybe. Um, and I love what what living room theater does. Um, what you said of like how can I be generative with it? How do I make performance something that nourishes me? Yeah. Um, and that's just so lovely. Um, and yeah, I've been, I've been looking through living room theater um, recently because um, it's, I don't know, I'm really, I love the art that you curate with it and everything that I've, I've read there recently, the prompts that I've seen um, are very much in line with what I've been thinking about lately. I've read some of your some of your prompts about rootedness and memory. Um, I might have stolen some concepts. Oh, running out of time. This meeting will end in 10 minutes. But there's only two of us here. Um, that makes this no sense. So, this is so very theatrical. Um, <laughs> very theatrical. Okay. Well, it's okay. We have we will just we'll just jump back in, I think. I think it'll be okay. Yeah. It'll end yeah. and we'll come back. Um oh, dang it, what was I saying? I don't remember.
1: Um, Something,
0: living room theater, I love it. You're a star. Um, I just, I love the the domesticity. I think that's a really important thing to connect with because, I mean, that's, I mean, if most people live domestic lives, I don't, I don't know, that sounds strange to say, but yeah, and it's important to like, not sort of sever those things of like, this is art making and this is just living, but yeah. everything is sort of making, we're kind of always making things. And so I think what living room theater, at least what it's brought up to me as I've read through it the last week or so is like, oh, I need to I need to like be conscious of like, when I am making something like something, some sort of memory form or some, some psychological detritus that I'm not thinking about while I'm like, you know, freaking out about random things is like okay well what am I what am I doing what is this pattern that I'm coming into
1: yeah I love to like the idea I had like had a sort of I got uh I'm a Virgo so
0: I'm very into sort oh. of like regimented us interesting <laughs> I was gonna ask you uh, I was gonna ask you your sign because I'm an Aquarius And I was just, I don't know, it was I was very late last night looking through empty, uh, not empty room theater. No, oh, that's what it was. was, The the names, empty room versus living room. I'm like, ooh, spooky. Like there's like someone is potential and one is like embodied. Interesting. Um, But now I lost my other thought. Oh, oh, okay. I was reading through things. I was like, oh, like she's just like me. Like I bet she's an Aquarius. And then I was like, if she's not an Aquarius, she's probably a Virgo. (laughs) I don't, granted, I really am not. Like an, I'm not like a zodiac like expert or anything. Sure. Um,
1: I don't know. During during the pandemic I got very into sort of like tracking my own behavior. There was like graphs mm-hmm. involved. It was very
0: oh wow. It
1: was aggressive. Um we're not doing that anymore because I realized it was a lot. but yes. It's like helpful to a point, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it it just becomes this sort of like way of tracking your life uh, that I didn't I don't necessarily uh, love. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, Oh, I, as part of that sort of like regimented routine tracking, I like was challenging myself to make something a certain Mm -hmm. number of times a week. I think at one point it was every day. And then I was like, I'm tired. So it was like three (laughs) times a week. (laughs) So, um, Yeah, it's it's thinking about like okay, well what counts what counts as making, you know? Like mm, does mm. making myself dinner count as making? Maybe. Um, you know, does like, you know, slowly growing a plant on my windowsill count as making? Why not? You know, uh-huh. like I think maybe I'm not really making much in that situation. It's doing most of the work. <laughs> but cultivating an environment in which something can grow, maybe that's making. Yeah, but so I feel like
0: making. Yeah.
1: Right, I think it's kind of a nice way, like thinking about like domestic making um, and that way it's like, we're kind of like, you know, you're always like making an atmosphere or making mm-hmm. a or making sound.
0: Or, yeah, you're yeah. always performing. You're always doing theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been into that lately, just sort of like, that's partly what I want to do with this project is like bring yeah. in bring in what I usually think is not theater, or would I usually, I don't know, be like, how is this theater? Or how is this a sort of social performance? Yeah. Um, if theater is sort of like a microcosm, so to speak, of society, then how does, how does the inverse happen? Um, mm-hmm. And I, abs- I think a plant growing on a windowsill is extremely theatrical. You just have to be patient. You have to be a patient audience member and you have to suspend your disbelief (laughs) you're sort of taking back a little bit from like that idea of like oh I have I want to make something every day that's very much a pressure artists feel of like am I making art every single day I don't want to say the c-word again but that's capitalism in in some degree and it sort of is it transforms it from a desire into a desperation and so I think it's really important to say okay let me not put this pressure on myself let me nourish myself and make dinner and like that's that's a repetitive action that's a performance that's a ritual I just think bringing attention to this you know in poetry and in in art just helps us sort of like reflect on you know the mundane stuff the real stuff right
1: yeah absolutely I think so yeah I've definitely been. Um... What the poems that I have written more recently, recent is a generous term, but more recently, <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely do feel really um like mundane and domestic and sort of like I like you know wrote a poem a couple of months ago about like my neighbor taking out the trash, you know. And it's just mm-hmm. like that's the like I don't know, I think there's something um lovely about those kinds of works you know where mm-hmm. it feels like really um just yeah mundane and sort of uh, special in that in its mundanity
0: it's special I think well I mean it's always special I guess some could argue but it's it's especially special when we're noticing it and that is something that's a like a mindfulness practice that I think is important coming coming out of this Oh, we have less than a minute (gasps) coming out of this world and into the next world I guess I don't know what I was saying but um oh just like when we're dealing with like pandemic or like you know these like constant things that are trying to like suck up our energy and suck up our 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 minds and like make us freak out about the world we have to find some way to like remain hopeful okay I'm gonna put a pin in that and we're gonna see what happens Um, okay Let's just end this and then I'll meet you again. We'll return return to the virtual room. We will return to the empty salon. performing drama or performing memory. okay we're back we're in the salon once again does it feel different does it feel like things have been like slightly shifted to stage left or maybe it's just the light or i don't know someone left a door open somewhere
1: i think so i think we've shifted we've shifted yes. slightly in, in space and mm-hmm. time yeah a new empty salon
0: yeah so um I want to touch on I want to return to my faux pas of thinking that I was on time but was not and then I don't know I just find that theatrical and funny um uh, and
1: time th- is like a theme of this conversation don't you it, think it, sort it of- absolutely.
0: yeah we will ha- well the recording um timing out and then I don't I feel like I mean, memory is time, so that's definitely a part of things. Time, again, is one of the unity is. There's Aristotle again. Can't get that bastard out of here. Um, and, yeah, that's sort of why it's just funny, I think. Or not funny. Embarrassing? I don't know. I um, love it. Yeah, I love, like, I have never in my life
1: experienced the, well, that's not true. It, was, it, it only happens on Zoom, um, where mm-hmm. there's sort of this, like, like clock ticking down the time to like get to the point you know which I think as a poet is like a horrifying and (laughs) full exercise
0: yeah oh yes Um, so like um there's like that one like the two-day poem competition Hmm. I don't remember who does that but there's I'm sure there's millions and thousands of those um but yeah time and poetry um and yeah, Ooh, which makes me want to uh, sort of talk about um, talk about returning to things. You said that you're returning to Lake Echo recently, um, which I just find interesting because you sort of bringing this idea of, of like returning to patterns or returning mm-hmm. to memories is a kind of performance. And so it's like you're performing Lake Echo again. This idea of like this thing isn't finished yet. Um, I'm really intrigued by it because like, how can we possibly know when a work is finished as the person like standing inside of it? I guess we can't, I don't know. Um, that's a thing that um, I was taught or not taught, but sort of made to think about in my theater playwright studies is, is like, mm-hmm. you have to f- reach a point where you stop revising, otherwise you'll never stop revising. Um, of of Amadeus, um, the Schaefer play, which he kept just rewriting and rewriting. And my mentor would joke that like, he finally stopped because he died. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I think what, I mean, that's beautiful. Why wouldn't that be a goal? I mean, it might be annoying. I mean, the work was still heard, the work was still seen. Um, Yeah, what do you think? How do you feel about this, like returning as performance? And vice versa, performance as a return. Mm,
1: yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I guess I'm going to take it back to place again, as sort of like sure, being, yeah. yeah, being in the place of the work, and then coming back to the place of the work, and the place mm. feels different. You know, like I think that's been my experience with this um, collection um, because, well, one, it's a very place-based work. Like I sort of wrote it. Um, having not lived, it's sort of a, it's a, I would say loosely about Vermont, um, and that it's sort of, you know, rural and sort of family based, and my whole family is still here. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it, right. And so I, I wrote it, having not lived in Vermont for, you know, almost a decade, and sort of like, basically writing into that sort of, like, imaginative space of my memory of it and now i'm returning to it when it's like on my doorstep you know
0: <laughs> um, wow so
1: it's interesting to sort of perform it's like i in the original performance i was like performing a projection mm-hmm. of the place from a different place and yeah, now yes. i'm sort of like in the cornfield like mm-hmm. Now, what do we make of this, you know? You're standing
0: in the, you're standing in the projection and like, okay, this doesn't quite fit or maybe it, maybe it does. Oh, that's so, I love that so much. Like, I just think of the friction of like the memory and then in the actual place, like, I don't know, where does the, like, where is the memory solid? And where is it like, okay, this is like kind of flickering. This is not quite what it is. And now like, Like revising or revisiting this work from you know the original place you wrote it, or I guess I I, this is so complicated to to explain. (laughs) like you said, the original performance was a projection of Vermont. Now that you're in Vermont, you're having to reperform the projection of somebody projecting Vermont. Mm, Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Layers, such deep layers. I'm sorry, there are, like, sirens happening. I don't know if we'll hear them or not, but...
1: Yeah, I can. I, they're just... There's nothing on my you end. Don't. So, so hopefully...
0: The performance of sirens, then. The
1: it's only the echo of a siren, the on, echo of a siren. on your end.
0: Ooh, the, um, echo. the echo of a siren, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I'll add the sirens in if you can't hear them.
1: <laughs> I would love that. I think we should add, like, just a like, very soft siren
0: through the whole... Mm-hmm. Just- <laughs> entire yeah the second part of this little call oh they're getting closer now for sure
1: oh this is exciting this <laughs> is such a theatrical call don't you think like it's like it, this it sort is of, the I clock
0: think, down I think podcasting is very theatrical it's like verbatim theater but without the filter of the second person performing your words it's mm. just is you performing your words and then like the technology is like sort of like rickety and it breaks down or it times <laughs> out or like there's just a part where like someone's, someone's video just starts being blurry or when you call and you're, you're, your screen is blurry for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's too bad we couldn't, we didn't capture that cause that was so fun and theatrical. Um,
1: to come in and be like, I am nearly a specter of who yes. I you know, like am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just um, an apparition. Um, behind the veil in the it, kitchen behind yeah, the veil. yeah behind the veil it actually made me think of a stick stick in the wind um the line about astigmatism um mm-hmm. i was thinking it was like ooh we're like the lenses and like i don't know i'm not gonna bring us I into a conversation that. about astigmatism because i don't really have that eye experience i want to be like ooh, it's like a it's your relationship to the light or whatever, but I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> to be um, honest, like I
1: have it and I don't really know what it is, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is like, if you, that's the thing about like, about, I mean, who is it? I believe it's Ann Carson who, I mean, if everyone talks about this, but like your red is different from my red. Hmm. And There's no way for me to know what, what the difference is between our reds. So it's sort of like, yeah, if you've always had an astigmatism, you don't really know what, the experience is like because you don't have like sort of when you're in the experience you can't you can't understand what it would be like for someone outside yeah um, I feel like this all is looping back to like what we we're saying of like when a work is finished or like being yeah. in a place and like understanding a place through how other people understand it mm. um,
1: yeah I guess I wonder I I'm thinking of like to like thinking about when you know that something is finished. Do you feel like other people in some way decide that? Like, I know technically as an artist, you decide that, right? Like I think, but I think there is a level of, um, like I know um, I wrote a long poem a couple of years ago and sent like the first three pages to a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is the best poem. It's perfect. And then I wrote like 15 more pages and she never saw them. And oh, I think okay. <laughs> so for her, it's like the poem was finished. You know, right. the poem is still finished in that form. Um, I just wonder like, it feels that way, especially for theater, right? It's sort of like yes. there's a level in at which like the audience decides mm-hmm. um, what a finished work is. Um, totally, a little control. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, the process of writing play is typically. I mean, at least for me, it also involved like workshopping and like having others read it. And so, so I wrote I wrote a play for my my final semester in my advanced directing class. It was a full length play. Um, ended up being two acts but in my mind it wasn't quite finished yet like there was like there was still more to come i imagine like there was some kind of third act somewhere and so in the in the final reading rather than say you know end of play as the last stage direction it was end of act two and sort of everybody was like no that's the end it's over and I was like oh okay well I think maybe it is over then but that play still needs to be revised, of course. But um, but yeah, no, it definitely, I mean, with a play, which is something that people watch, there's a certain, you know, f- experience that happens to them that is different from what you write down, because it, it's mm-hmm. impossible, you know, it's impossible for what's on the page to be transferred onto a stage and then into somebody's mind watching in the audience. So there is sort of a layer of like, somebody else kind of decides where it ends, or at least somebody's experience, the experience is only, like I don't know how to say this, but like the experience of your work is determined by whoever experiences it. Mm. And I think yeah. especially with theater, because like, I don't know, I'm sort of of the mind of like, is a play complete if no one, if it's not, if it's never performed, if mm. no one sort of like, if a tree falls in a forest, does someone right. hear it? Yes, it does. There's a sound, a sound, a little sound, but if no one performs a work of theater then is it finished yet you know has it is it like is the is the art the script or is it what the script like becomes the ghost of the script yeah and that's like that's a scary question to ask as someone who doesn't have access to a physical theater here are the sirens um as someone who who writes a lot of things that doesn't publish them and doesn't, you know, have them performed. It's definitely a hard question. And so sometimes I just don't ask that question. (laughs) Um, And I think it's, again, the C word. It's a question that is a little bit infected by capital and like the need to like succeed in Mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. That's not really what is interesting to me. It's not succeeding, but is the communication. Like Mm -hmm. does somebody understand what I've said? Has somebody seen What I've written down, that's really what I'm like desperate about (laughs) as an artist. Um, Do you agree? Are you also desperate?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Aren't we all? I mean, truly, it's like Mm -hmm. I think anyone who's writing, especially things like poetry or plays, are mm -hmm. sort of inherently um, like one does not make those things to get rich. Um, Right. One knows how money works, so, (laughs) you know, like, I think um, there is, like, a very unique desperation um, that feels like, like, it's sort of, like, can anyone hear me, you know, like, this, like, constant sort of, like, can anyone hear me out in the world, you know, yeah, I wonder, too, like, do you feel, like, I guess my question is, like, what counts as a staging, of a play like what qualifies you know um which I think is an interesting question too like you know if you stage it in a cornfield to bring that back um you know like with three people and there is no audience is that a staging or like is you know like I think those sorts of like questions of like does there need to be an audience you know does mm. like I don't know and like I don't I don't have an answer to that but I think that's an interesting <laughs> thing that like I know um yeah that both theater I think brings up but then I think for poets too it definitely plays a role because it's sort of like you know so many poems uh never see the light of day or yeah. or are only read by say five people you know right.
0: who <laughs> so- are other poets as well
1: yeah Yeah, so I wonder like what that means for the work you know Mm -hmm.
0: um see it's a hard question yes but yeah I think the goal is really to find find the inner value beyond that question which I guess is easier said than done because I'm like sure I I should just be able to be satisfied by just making the art myself but um I'm not. So what now? <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Like I love. Like I remember when I was maybe like 18 or 19. I met somebody um, who worked at like a poetry press, um, and she wrote poems. And she was like, "Yeah, I don't show them to anyone. I never will. I have no desire to do wow. that." And and I was just like, "What is? How do I get do that? I like, how I do get I get there?"
0: yeah
1: Yeah. how do i achieve that level of like but then again i think if everyone was at that level then we wouldn't have poems in the world which would be very sad for all of us
0: (laughs) it (laughs) would be sad but yeah what yeah i'm i mean i'm there are definitely people who do that who just write and there even are famous poets who i mean emily dickinson right never published in her lifetime and then just writing poems for herself and her loves. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, but no one's gonna find my poems in a trunk because they're all on Google Docs. So I have to do some work. Um, okay. Exactly. I have emails to send. Yeah. I know, like, it's, there's. N- I don't have a, a, a trunk full of, like, beautifully, um, beautifully preserved envelopes. Maybe I should, though. Maybe I should get offline and get a trunk. I think... Um,
1: I think you could get a trunk uh, and stay online even.
0: I could, I could do both.
1: Yeah, do both and, you know, like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Get a trunk and put on a show in a cornfield. Yes, Um, maybe
1: with the envelopes. I think that could be a nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, oh, I love it. Now I want to make some performance out of her envelope poems. I don't know. I love Well, when you do ring. that,
1: you know, you just give me a
0: ring. <laughs> so. I will give you a ring, Rebecca. Goodness. Uh, Where yeah. were we? I don't know what we were saying. These are just okay. delicious thoughts that I can't, I can't find an answer to yet.
1: I think that's okay. I think it's okay that we've come upon <laughs> <getting> answers <laughs> in the course yes. of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I
0: love that. I love that. I love, that. I love, that. I love that. I asked you where you are, what you do, who you are. Did I ask who you are? Who are you? It's too late for this. <laughs> it's too late to know who you are. It's too late. Or maybe, um, I'm. It's it's avant garde because I've I've made you you know reveal your thoughts about art and memory, and now now you can identify yourself. I love that. Like if
1: this were. a a staged podcast I feel like I would be behind a screen
0: or like behind behind a a filter of like oh there's something on the lens Mm -hmm. (laughs) of
1: just goop yeah whatever yeah like like
0: (laughs) Vaseline that's (laughs) so theatrical
1: (laughs) I love it I feel Um. like I should do this regularly now just prepare by Mm. smearing Vaseline yeah over my and then
0: just be like oh I'm so sorry I don't know what's wrong that's <laughs> so fun it's like a little performance art bit at the start of every like like even like you have a you have a business meeting oh I'm so sorry it's like whoa okay yeah um, I don't
1: think that I could, let me just do a little yeah. yeah and then
0: people have to watch me
1: just like scrub my screen with a little cloth mm-hmm. for, for a few minutes
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. but so yeah, yeah who are you
1: who am I um that's what, what are you I,
0: doing here why are you in my salon <laughs> what are who invited you here? Um, yeah,
1: I. So I'm um, Rebecca Valley. I'm a poet and um, essayist and playwright uh, in the making, forever in the making. And who else am I? I am um, a cat enthusiast. I like other animals too, and <laughs> um, and I I'm a native Vermonter currently residing in Vermont I am
0: um uh in the kitchen that's, <laughs> I,
1: that's this is who okay. I am
0: we've <laughs> come back we've come back to the point of the place yeah wow.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> that is uh, that's who I am I think I'm are. sure there
0: are other things but let's we'll have the audience decide who else you are I you love know. that I mean, if they could heard... let me know that yeah. would be so yeah, if you're listening, if you're listening to this interview, you know, you've heard Rebecca's poems, go ahead and reach out to her if you know who she is. If um, you could. Yeah. If you
1: it lined, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can reach her, her website, RebeccaValley.com. You can find her contact information there. F- follow her on Living Room Theater. Look at her prompts and the art. I don't know, where else can you be found? Fa- in Vermont, in the kitchen. You could also find me in the kitchen, but I would prefer yeah.
1: you ask um, first, if you yes, don't mind. knock uh, on the
0: door. Um, you have to follow the, the manners of entering a liminal space, of course.
1: Of course, of course. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, great. Well, thank you, Rebecca.
1: Thank you for uh, this lovely chat. And also my favorite thing about it, I think, is that we asked when is something finished and then we didn't finish our thought
0: so oh, I, I think yeah i think we determine we don't know when something is finished
1: you don't know so thing
0: is finished that's we'll leave fine. it
1: unfinished i think yeah that, that thread yeah
0: yeah i mean that that's that's podcasting you talk about things we just lose the thread and it's very frustrating i'm sure for listeners but they have more interviews to listen to so you know maybe the thread will come back and maybe i'll answer maybe by the end of this salon we'll know when things are finished
1: could it be maybe the great
0: we the, will not the, know the great the great the great <laughs> the dream great. of the finished thing
1: that is the great dream truly mm. i think i like your where we started with that which is um uh death, <laughs> the death. End. That's oh yeah
0: it is. yeah yep yep yeah, yeah, yeah. peter Schaffer <laughs> has finally finished amadeus because he had to leave this plane yes so, i mean just like salieri just like mozart just like Jared McCarthy and Rebecca Valley.
1: Exactly. In the
0: future, hopefully, far future. Let us hope. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Rebecca.
1: Thank you.